So Griffin, you want to hear a fun thing that I'm dealing that I'm reconciling with right now? I, I have no choice. You're gonna say it either way. No, you can say no, but then you have to come up with the thing that we start the podcast talking about. I don't know if you want that responsibility. Here's my pitch for the start of the podcast. I just go, oh, and then you go, oh, <laughs> and, and we do we do that for like thirty to forty five minutes, and then you go do whatever you have to go do. <laughs> I mean, that's, Griffin, if you think that I can hold a note for thirty to forty five minutes, you are way underestimating the scale to which <laughs> I am tone deaf. <laughs> <laughs> What a great song. Uh, okay, what happened to you? Uh, so I'm, I'm buying this. Uh, these uh, For various reasons, I was buying these cake. Or I was buying a cake. Forgot that I bought it. My friend was like, oh, don't worry, I'm bringing a cake. And then I learned that I also ordered a third cake last night while I was almost asleep. So now instead of having one cake for this event, I have three cakes. And it's what, overwhelming. What what, uh, what event is it? It's like a dinner party thing. Uh, you're bringing three cakes to dinner party. That's okay. Yeah, I didn't mean to, but I am. This, it was just so. It was a shocking. Right, so. re- it was a shocking <laughs> reveal to get a text message that was like, "Your cake is on the way." That I had no recollection of ordering. Sure, sure, shocking. Well, I think that the audience and me can all agree that. Us singing the Halo intro would have been a way better way to start. All right, well, uh, you want to try it again? You want to try to harmonize it again? Yeah, one last time. Okay. Uh, wait, what has it? Does it go? Does it go low first or does it go high first? I forget. Uh, I think it starts low and gets high, but you have to start so I can harmonize with you because there's no way I can keep it tuned long enough to be the bass for it. Oh. It's kind, of, it's kind of like a, a space pirate. Yo yeah. ho ho. That- <laughs> Yo ho ho in a bottle of space. Um, I think I have to go help someone at the door. I'll be right back. And then we'll really that's, pick this up. That's fine. I'm I'm going to take it from here. This episode's off to a great start. Lux is like, I got I to gotta leave soon. And then he's answering. He's getting delivery right now. It's perfect. I'm like, Lux, what can we can we find a different time to record that the show? And he's like, no, 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 we're, this is perfect. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, you know what? It is. It is perfect. How have you guys been? I've been good. I got my, my bandage off of my finger. Finally got that off this morning. Wasn't easy. Took me a long time, but I got it off and yeah, I replaced it with a cannon, little finger cannon, I could have just gotten the finger back, but I was like, think I've been reading a lot of berserk thinking about my boy guts. And yeah, I, I am, I am simping for the big man. I think everyone needs an idol, someone that they sort of carve their life around. So start dressing like talking and acting like, and I've chosen that to be guts from the manga berserk which has been really incredible. We're going to do an episode on that in the future. Stay tight for that. Um, And he's still not back. Incredible. I don't need him, though. I'm going to keep going. Um, This is a great time to introduce the show. Welcome to Game Boys. I am your host today. My name is Griffin Davis. We are joined, as always, by the Master Chief herself, we're sort of doing an alternate what if universe where Master Chief is a girl. Haley, our producer. Haley, it's great to be back. Welcome to the Game Boys podcast. I'm your only host. I'm and Haley's here. Oh. 
Okay, that worked. So, yeah, I already introduced the show while you were gone. So just say your name. Wait, wait, he's got to restart the record. Oh, my. He's not even audience. He's not even recording. This is great. Well, we're keeping all of what I, well, all of my stuff. Zelensky, we've got to get you to the Oscars. Uh, jump on, grab, grab, grab my hand. Dun, 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 dun. Oh wait, oh no, we have to, we have to get out of here. There was a, a, a big cultural moment around a slap. Dun, 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 dun. Are you, are you still haven't gone? I'm this. Oh my god! All right, I'm just gonna start uh, reading what's happening in the news today for the audience. Let's see. Um, New York Times. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Students and teachers in Europe grapple with the war in Ukraine. Okay. Interesting. Uh, senators near deal to cut stalled pandemic aid package to $10 billion. Oh, wow. Ain't that <laughs> if, if you're, if you're surprised, you're not paying attention. Um, <laughs> The head of the CIA tested positive for coronavirus. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Uh, yeah, it, it it has its it has its whims and it has its fancies. Don't don't we know? This show is so much more fun when I just read the news. Um, let's see. Uh, adults or sexually abused minors getting it right vexes Facebook. They don't know whether to sexually <laughs> abuse minors or adults. Facebook, don't do either. <laughs> even like you're making it sound crazy than it is, but even the thing that it is, which is that Facebook can't like use its content and moderation AI to figure out who is a sexually abused minor or an adult uh, is like <laughs> out of control. Uh, it's hard uh, because everyone knows how to tell tell people like where the stop signs are what's a stop sign yeah. what's a boat what's a what's a highway do you think that article is actually about the new captcha on facebook where it says identify the sexually abused minor or the adult and that people keep failing to log into their accounts because the captcha is too hard is that what you're trying to say no i'm saying the captcha is too easy and so they're getting right they're slipping right through yeah i mean yeah oh it's so easy to tell so anyone can get in that's the problem. It's too easy. Yeah. No, this wasn't just a random bit. This is a passionate thing I've thought about. Yeah, Griffin, I know you do post a lot in our, in our private chats about your worries about the CAPTCHA technology. Uh, uh, I won't tell you everything I talked about while you were gone because I, I don't remember, but I did tell the audience that I got my finger back today. Um, and as you can see, Lux, I did remove it and install a cannon. Yeah. No. Uh, my, my spiritual figure, Gutsu. Yeah. Now, now you can uh, have, let them take a little bite from your cannon. Cannon. Yeah, and I'm just uh, and, 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 and I'm just watching good. out because I'm waiting for any of my friends to betray me. I'm just waiting. Yeah, I mean, won't be me, and if it is, I'm pretty far away. Um, yeah, you'll be you'll be safe, Hunter You're my Rickert. Hunter, watch out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's up, dude? What's going on? Not much, man. I got these three cakes by mistake. Just got off work, uh, and we're doing the pod. I'm 
pleasantly surprised about the stuff we're going to be talking about today. I thought it was we were going to be talking about some pure dog shit, but it's actually pretty good. I'm excited as well. We're going to, of course, be talking about the Halo TV show. Um, we both just watched the pilot a few minutes ago. Uh, we held hands. And yeah, we will have a lot of thoughts about it. But first, I just want to do a little game check-in with you, Lux. Um, okay, so we're off to a great start. So game check-in, what's up? What are we checking in on? How's it going? Um, well, I'm still, all this week was playing one-handed Elden Ring and just absolutely loving it. I honestly don't, I honestly like can't go back. Like I'm just going to do something else with my left hand now. Um, Damn, you'll become kind of an absolute master. Like you play one handed Elden Ring with your left hand, just be like, you know, writing a it's sketch. Just, it's just, it's just like, yeah, it's like, it's wasted energy for me to use the left hand. It's at this point yeah. um, with my play style. Um, and so I've been, I've been liking that. I've been getting more into quest lines in Elden Ring now. Nice. So... It's really crazy how much content is hidden behind all of these very hard to to parse quest lines. It's true. <laughs> like they're like I was doing the Ronnie quest line, which is arguably like the biggest quest line, and like w- like wow, there's so much content and zones and like secret areas that it pulls you through that you just wouldn't see normally. Um, Oh, yeah. And it it, it, it it blew me away. Um, and also kind of just like Facebook, I'm a little vexed because uh, it's it's this thing where it's like I'm even I'm even reading the guide. I'm reading the guide and I'm still getting confused because sometimes I'm not at the right point. Like, like, it's just, it's, it's hard to like, the quest can break really easily. It's, it's just like, wow. Like there's so much good content here, but like, it's so easy to miss it. Yeah. I'm experiencing that a little bit too. Um, I was lucky that a couple of my friends figured some stuff out and gave me some guidance. And I was able to kind of stumble onto a few of the right answers for Ronnie and dung eater and a couple other guys. But my personally assigned quest has been to hunt all the dragons. Mm. And I recently learned that there's a dragon that you can only get to by going through a quest line uh, that I had not done. And so now I'm doing a quest line. And part of the problem with it is that because of other stuff I've done, things are in weird places and and characters. And then then the guide doesn't like line up exactly in like the right order. So then you're like, you're trying to like, literally like detective through what could be between the guide and the game like what happened yeah and like this i mean this is kind of on me but like there are parts where i'll be talking to someone like in the game and they'll be like they'll mention like a place or like an event and it's definitely a thing that i remember happening and being like a foregrounded thing you know 80 hours of my playthrough ago but now I'm like, I don't fucking what the fuck are you talking about? You know, right, and, right. And like it gets it gets very confusing. That said, I still fucking love it. I'm having so much fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm having a blast on the on this Ronnie quest and all the weird places it's been taking me. Like it took me to a city underground where people ride on ants. Yep. And it's just like, oh, like first they introduce the ants and you're like, okay, those are ugly. And then it's like, there's some flying ones. Those are harder. And then it's like, oh, they're actually riding on them. Good for them. And they have ranged weapons while they ride on them. And it's a fucking mess. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Good for them. Very swag. So that's been all great. I also did want to mention another game i've been playing though okay um and that's inscription yeah i was gonna ask you how that's going so it's going very well 
Um, Inscription is a game that was like on a lot of people's game of the years, like last year, I think. Yes. Um, and it's a very interesting game because it's this like indie game. It has a lot of mystery around it. And a lot of people claim that even describing what it is like ruins the the enjoyment of it. In, in sort of like a like a doki doki literature club sense where like if if we told you why it's good it wouldn't hit as hard that's that is what i hear and that is why it is on my assuming that i actually am able to get this steam deck come june or july it is on my like initial purchases list here's what i'll say about that i think those people are pretty much totally wrong um yeah i've heard I think some things is, about it i'm so excited about it <laughs> I think this is 100% a game where you could tell people the premise of it and like it might actually make them want to play it more. Yeah, um, I actually get the sense that people who say that are the kind of people who would just do a bad job of telling someone the premise of Doki Doki. <laughs> you know, because you can be like, it's like a dating sim, but it gets pretty weird. That's <laughs> like fine. Right. Yeah. And and I guess what the, what I will say about this game then without giving away major spoilers is that it is a card game. Um, that you're playing basically against uh, like a, like a serial killer. Yeah. Um, and that serial killer has eventually, like he's kind of like a jigsaw, but instead of like weird traps, he's essentially created the most complex, like dungeon master campaign. Um, so he's basically like if a dungeon master was a serial killer, classic, um, and he plays all these different characters, uh, and it's a really, really fun card game that evolves over time and has a few big surprises that I won't ruin that just really influence the mechanics of the game. Um, and it's a mixture of playing those games and then it's roguelike in the sense that you're definitely not going to make it through it your first couple attempts, but there are little things each time that make you smarter and then also little more RNG to like help push you over the edge um, nice. from your yeah. previous playthroughs. So it, it's just like it's operating on all these great levels, the mood, the premise, and then the card game is fucking sick. Yeah, Once I have a capacity to play it, I want to play it as soon as possible because every single thing about it that I've heard, including that, including stuff like my friend Jared has told me, stuff like that, uh, not Jared, Jared Bond and Up Hour, um, other people, it's all just been like, oh, this game is so deeply in my Q zone. Like, it's so right up my fucking alley that, like, I really absolutely have to play it. It's deeply funny, which is so hard for games to be, but like in like a sort of like a, a morbid way. Um, and it also, I would say, you know, you love like sort of complex games. You like card games more I than I do. I do. But like this game, I would say is like very approachable. Like it has complexity to it. And I guarantee you, I'm not playing my deck to like the best of, of my ability or potential. Um, but it does feel like something that everyone can kind of bang their head against and like figure out as opposed to something like oppressively complicated or oppressively difficult. It is hard. You will not succeed at first, but I'm feeling like th like I'm about four hours in now, about four hours in, I'm like, I can start really making some big moves with, with my deck. Um, yeah. And so that stuff is very cool. It's just, it's a game that's just kind of like hitting all these, all these sweet spots uh, and spots I didn't, I, I don't normally like. Nice. Well, that's, that's exciting. Especially it's, it's, it's very exciting to me that this game that I'm already anticipating pretty intensely 
has like popped you so hard despite being the kind of game that you're not normally into that just speaks like pretty highly of it which makes you even more excited mm-hmm. um i've been playing a game that you might be into but i can tell you for sure our friend ben burford would love um it is a game called relayer um uh, and it is an anime mech tactics game Okay. So it's a tactics RPG where your characters are all in mechs and you get to outfit them and do cool stuff. So already very in my sort of area of interest. Um, and it's an anime game. It's, where, it's what you studied in dressing robots. Yeah. No, taking out robots and sort of designing them was sort of was my major uh, at, at Bard College. Um, and uh, then the there's a lot of plot to it. It's a little, like, kind of like triangle strategy in that way. And there's a lot of plot cutscenes, a lot of dialogue, but all the characters are like anime characters. All the dialogue is very animated out. It's very, it's like very just like anime front to back. A lot of like, Oh no, I have to help my sister, the spirit of the moon type business going on. Um, plot wise, it's basically just Gundam. Like there's a bunch of like teens who are like effectively new types who get to use special Gundam type space robots and fight off the evil space robots who want to destroy everything. Um, so it's a little, it's not Gundam in that sense because it's humans fighting like aliens, but it's close enough. Um, How much longer in this industry do you think I could be described as a new type? Um, I mean, you know, as long as you keep manifesting new type powers, you know, never needs to, never needs to end. I love that answer. As long as you can keep merging your, as long as you can keep merging your, uh, your spirit with the spirit of space and being uh, let free from the curse of Earth's gravity. Uh, you I'm should not, be good I'm to not go. doing that. I'm not doing any of that, but I am buying a ring light. So right, well, we'll get there. That's, yeah, that's pretty new type. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that's why they call him Amaro Bright. Uh, Cause he's got that ring light turned all the way up. Um, but yeah, I've been playing this game. It's really fun. It's a little bit samey and easy, although you can sort of see how it would get complicated and fun and like get sort of bigger. And so I'm hoping that as the story progresses, it gets to the point where it gets a little bit more fire emblemy in the sort of tactical complexity and stuff. Cause right now it's very like, you know, you move your gun guys around to shoot their sword guys and you move your mid range guys around to get their gun guys. And then you move your sword guys in to kill their mid range. You know what I mean? Like that kind of very straightforward tactics stuff as opposed to a little bit more complicated. Um, but it's really it sounds more like uh, tactics for babies. Am I right, audience? I mean, you're kind of right. It's kind of tactics for babies, at least so far. Yeah. Uh, it, nothing as tactical as, uh, you know, like a UNSC Spartan. <laughs> no, it is not. Um, but man, let's talk about, hey, you know what? We do talk about Halo. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh no. Is that an Encanto? <laughs> I told, that's specifically inc- the song I told you I like the least. It's also the song that I like the least. <laughs> Yeah, that was an atrocious one. I don't and know. I everyone, likes that a, everyone loves that song so much. They're pushing it on us. It's 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 very pushed. So there's so there is I'll say it. There's a CIA psyop yeah, about this song. There are multiple better songs. Like there are some good songs in that soundtrack. Right. It's uh, like it's like it's like if they like if they had the Frozen movie and instead of like that song where she's like I'm frozen, they like went and they did the Snowman song. Yeah. The part where she's like, I'm frozen yeah. on a mm-hmm. jet plane, yeah. gonna crash into these towers. That's what the movie's about, right? <laughs> it's a, about ice, ice cold. What if 9-11 was cold? <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's, it's not only it's what if, I think it presupposes that 9-11 was cold. <laughs> <laughs> what if it wasn't on a warm spring day? Yes, uh, yeah, okay. Nine, a spring month, <laughs> September, Listen, notorious you, you spring. Get, 
you guys said you wanted some non-IP ideas, something not based off a comic book, and here it is. Welcome to Cold uh, Eleven, baby. Folks, fuck non-IP, all that, all that horrible shit. Let's talk about the only things that get made in this business, and that's IP, the Halo TV show, which I was too lazy to steal and paid $4.99 to stream on Paramount+. Plus. Luckily, I already have a Paramount Plus subscription so I can watch the hit show Evil. Fuck, why did I not fucking ask you for it? Okay, um, so, like, I want to kind of break down this episode, yeah. and I do have the plot points here. It's, you know, pretty short plot points, um, but I wanted to get your your larger takeaway before getting into anything super nitty-gritty. Um, Halo TV show, wow. This is really coming up against, like, uh, a lot of things in the game industry that have been turned into like TV lately. I mean, we're all thinking about uh, what was that called? Harold and Kumar go to go to space. I'm sorry. What was it? <laughs> Which thing are you talking? I, I don't know what thing came out recently that could be described that way. <laughs> it's it's uh it's like uh fu- oh we're funky and it's jazzy. Oh, you mean, <laughs> do you mean <laughs> fucking Cowboy Bebop? Yes. The the anime adaptation that's not a video game. Well, it's in the, it's in the nerd, I guess, nerd culture or whatever. Sure, like sure. The things things that are nerd culture that have been like getting translated mainly into TV, but like people doing it like on a really cheap level to where it like often just like doesn't feel worth it. Yeah, um, that's actually the first thing that popped me about the Halo show is that there was a part. Um, the part where the where the alien uses his laser sword to kill the the commander guy on the first planet on Madrigal. Um, hey, speaking of Encanto, um, but uh, oh, I get it. But uh, I thought it, like I stopped for a second. And I was like, wait a second, this like looks cool, right? Yeah, <laughs> I stopped it's... and was like, wait, I actually think this is neat. What they're doing, and it was like shocking because so many of the things that are in this category sort of anime or video game or just nerd shit adaptations are done so like even fucking like fucking wheel of time was like this like the first episode of wheel of time had like really shitty like violent impact effects yeah and i i would also say that like while watching this a lot of it had like the i had this sort of like stink of like uh, a medium budget like sci-fi show like you know there's like a bunch of them they all have these names they all have like weird cult followings but like they they like all are like on spaceships and every time there is cgi it's like pretty bad um it still has wafts and odors of that for sure and um it's just trying to do so much in this episode that it literally sometimes feels like one shot they had the budget for and then another shot was like after they're like we ran out of money that's the (laughs) thing is i feel like that's true with all of these shows that we're kind of talking about yeah Um, yeah and and even like game of thrones like when game of thrones started out they tried to keep it really like like maintained when there was a big battle they did you didn't even see it like like peter dingle just gets like knocked out and then like wakes up and the battle's over um they kept it very contained and then, like, the thing about it was, like, even when Game of Thrones got big, some of their CGI looked like shit. Like, people would make fun of it sometimes. Yeah, no, totally. And, well, this is the thing, right, is that a lot of these shows, this was what I was trying to get at, like, with, with your Wheel of Time or with your new with your new Cowboy Bebop and shit, 
they have a budget and they use that budget on shit like establishing shots and exteriors um, and like some costuming stuff, but they don't really use it on like the action or high intensity scenes. And the Halo show felt like the opposite. Like it looked like a kind of like cheap facades of buildings. The costuming was pretty generic. The, the, there wasn't a lot of like CG gussying up of the, of the wides and shit, but the, some of the fucking combat looked pretty fucking cool. The laser sword, the plasma sword looked cool. Like the, the jumping. Yeah. The jumping looked cool. And they put their, they put the money into, I think the thing that they can more easily hang their hat on. Right. Like, Hmm. I don't think you're you can hang your hat on in Halo, the broader culture, like the broader aesthetic appeal or like the narrative per se. But you can kind of hang your hat on Master Chief and his friends are going to do some crazy shit and there's going to be some nasty guys getting zorped. And mm-hmm. like if you put your money into that, those elements, then like you're playing to your own strengths. Uh, and I thought the show did that a pretty cool way. Yeah. And then I would I would also say that like. For me, before going into the show, the only quote I ever saw from the creators was that they were like, uh, we don't really care about the games too much. That's like the most encouraging thing they could have possibly said, honestly. Uh, yeah, like, well, it's it it wasn't like it didn't like freak me out, but it was it was like it was like a funny kind of statement to, to have about it. Um, but this show doesn't give a fuck about this about that Halo shit at all. And it rules like and, for that. And, and and like because it doesn't, I it kind of saves like the whole premise of the thing. Because at the end of the day, the video game narratives aren't that good. Like they're so thin that you could like think of if you think about them for even a second in like a more thought out way, it's like, oh, this is very thin stuff. So like you either like are a slave to the material and do something that's just weird and like dated or you just write a TV show where no one has any idea what's going to happen next and I think that's way cooler yeah and it is definitely way cooler especially because like a game like Halo in particular um, the plot isn't so much like the plot isn't built around dramatizing sequences the plot's just like reasons for you to go from place to place to place to place all the drama and like emotion of it happens in the gameplay Mm-hmm. Um, and you're shooting a million goons or whatever. And so yes. the, it's really smarter than to be like, look, fucking sticking to the story of this game is nonsense. The story is a vehicle to move one character around. And then all the action that happens is a guy pressing buttons on a controller. Mm-hmm. Um, instead we're just gonna like throw that shit in the garbage and we're just going to make a new story that asks after some like implicit questions of the, of the games. And that like has some of the same design. And, and I, I mean, look, they were leaning into like, look, it's the plasma rifle. Look, it's the laser sword. Look, it's the signature helmet. Like they were really leaning into that shit. Um, which is fun. I like that. I don't, I'm not mad at that, but like they, they definitely sort of made those homages, but as a structure and as a story, like, the idea of like Master Chief like talking to a survivor of a colony about like what it means to be a Master Chief is like so not what Halo is, right? Um, yeah, but it's better TV than any than that. It is a better TV idea than like what Halo is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like it's like almost like it felt like like the second draft, like a smarter version of the same spirit. Um, so let's get into this on that note. So this show opens on like an outpost on some far off 
planet and it's a bunch of like these like rebels or whatever and it's interesting because they're talking about how bad the unsc is like the 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 halo army and they're like oh fuck those guys they rule the galaxy fuck them we're rebels we'll always hold out from them uh and then we go and meet this young girl named kwan ha and she's just like a teenager they're like exploring out in the forest and just kind of like eating some trippy space mushrooms um and then something totally kills their buzz she hears a sound she goes over to the cliffside and she sees uh, a banshee um and she instantly is like running and she's like running back to her friends and as she runs back to her friends her friends get obliterated yeah, they get fucking <laughs> rocked dude it's good, that, it's good that in the show destroyed it's good that in the show vehicles are as op as they are in the games <laughs> yeah um like the 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 fucking i think they just got blasted by soldiers though you think it was a banshee blast it was a banshee blast Oh, I mean, it could have just been any kind of energy blast, but regardless, like it was the moment where I was like, oh, this show's going to go there with it. Like they're going to you're going to watch kids just get blasted apart. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so she's like running and uh, she runs back like in and like she sets off the alarms and everyone in the base is like preparing to shoot. And they're like, oh, the UNSC, they're invading. And she's like, no, it's something else. So which is like establishing that, oh, like most people haven't met the covenant before. Yeah, I like that because I like that. I like the way you're saying you know, the covenant for and that it also sort of like it it position a scaling of the threat instantly like this is worse than the unsc which also means that it's like scary for the for like for the cops or whatever yeah and and also just the fact that they get absolutely wrecked like just immediately by these guys like they have these like like their guns are are, i guess aren't as like op as like the unsc so like they don't even like break the shields of any of these guys um and this is when the moment where i message you being like oh no they did war crimes yeah um what of the there's like the battle they're just fucking up all the humans slicing them up uh this was a part where i got a little nervous to be honest because every so often there was just some really bad shots of like the elites that just looked like vhs footage or something like just like not very good yeah and that was interesting to me because like i said the show like looked fun but again this is the problem is like it doesn't have the budget to look fun all the time and that's why my big note for them is like you don't have to show us all of that like you can make things more interesting more dramatic if like what if there's just like a couple and it's actual guys in costumes like the orcs from Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. Like, like think about like what you could do in those areas to make things interesting as opposed to there being 30 guys that look like shit. Um, and so like, yeah, if you just pinch it all back in a little bit, like this could all be really cool. So one of the uh, fucking uh, elites prize open, uh, I guess, the safe room where all the women and children are hiding and just blast all of them. And you just watch it happen. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, that's the thing is like it. The show kind of knows that, like, 
it can't be hundo bundo at all times, like budget wise. And so it's willing to take some like real swings as far as just like, what if we just kill a fuckload of people? Like we can't make these guys look scary, but we can make them do a scary thing. Yeah, and it, and it, and honestly, it was pretty effective. Like, it really showed that like humans are pretty outmatched by these guys, and that they like are gonna genocide them. So like, it was very scary. Um, and so like that's all going down. The genocide fully happens, and then the frickin' the cavalry comes in, and this is when we see. The Spartan team, baby. Yeah, um, which is already they, interesting because I feel like a lot of Halo, and I'm not as Halo-versed as you, but I feel like in a lot of Halo, there's just the one guy. Uh, No, that's not wrong. right. Uh, Like, after Halo 3, there has been a lot of, uh, like, Halo ODST, Halo Reach. There was a lot of, like, uh, Halos about, like, more of a squad of Spartans than just Master okay, Chief. Okay, well, I really only played the first three, so that makes sense that that yeah. would be a thing I didn't know. It, ha- it happened later when they didn't know what to do next. Um, but it, it honestly like made sense and probably should have happened sooner considering there's like in the lore, a bunch of those guys. Uh, you'd think even the less powerful ones would like maybe do something in the world. Um, so there's like three of them. They all drop in. They just fuck up all the covenant. They're like, oh, the Calvary's here, baby. <laughs> a little late, though, which I also thought was like very... Uh, like all the, all this stuff is really casts the sort of militarism of the early halos in a way different light. Like just the fact that like the rescue team dropped in, but like everyone already was killed and like, they weren't like super invested in like saving anyone. Uh, they were just like checking out what the covenant were doing like that. that all that stuff has been very interesting. Yeah. I, I found a lot of the sort of like Lori bits of it to be more compelling than I expected. Um, I just kind of thought it was all going to feel kind of dashed off and I don't know if it's going to hold up, right? This is the pilot. This is like, yeah, right. The, this is just like them putting their best foot forward, but like the weird tech, the weird, like girl reading a book in space, um, all that stuff does raise like interesting questions that like, I'm, I'm curious to see answered, uh, which is, I'm more excited for when we chicken with the show a couple of times throughout the season now than I was before we watched the pilot. If that, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like before the pilot, I was like, I'm so mad. We're going to talk about this fucking show. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I actually I did feel have like to, pretty all right about it. I did have to spam it in the chat, That's uh, true. but it worked. Um, so then let, Master let, Chief let that be a wrote, lesson to everyone. <laughs> can I continue? Sorry. I was affirming you dog. <laughs> well, Fermi qui- like just quieter, so like it's not it's not like an interruption, but it's like it's like a hype man thing. Yeah, okay, like a quiet hype man. <laughs> yeah, classic um, archetype. So Master Chief, they fuck them all up, and then they go to see what the Covenant were doing on this planet, and he finds a weird metal slab, and he touches it, and it goes blue mode, and it's like boom he must be seeing some of the powers they're telling him about maybe perhaps the halo ring. Yeah. Well, and he's getting, Oh, this is the first time. Yeah. 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 It is weird. He's typing into like some weird space network. And that shit is again, like it's just evocative. It's just like, it's mystery shit and mystery shit is fun. Let's keep it going, baby. Uh, so then at that point, um, 
like there's like one surviving member of the covenant. I don't know if he'll like become the arbiter or not, but he witnesses all that go down. He witnesses uh, Master Chief be, uh, have an intimate relationship with this piece of metal. Um, and then he goes um, and escapes. Then we cut to uh, Reach, which I guess is like an Earth satellite planet or whatever. Um, and this is where we meet Dr. Halsey, a.k.a. Cortana's mommy. Yeah. And she's kind of got one of those faces where it's like she always got the, she's kind of got that like that kind of like um, that like dentist tooth ad smile. It's like <laughs> I oh, she's kind of got like a, a smarmy little secret on her face the whole yeah, time. Yeah, she does seem like it's she's like, hiding something the whole time for sure. Yeah, it's like they just like it just sometimes casting is like a little too on the nose. But anyways, that's her. She's got a secret. She's been growing all these Spartan boys uh in her lab. Uh, and she is, you know, she's getting pressure from from the top. You know, they don't want to keep funding her experiments. They don't think her Spartans uh, are worth all this money. And frankly, they think she's weird. Yeah, they that's the one thing. This show is a little tropey that way. Like the show is very kind of sci fi cliche -y, where it's like survivor from attack. uh emotionally connects to emotionally wounded soldier whose mind is opened by alien tech. Also, these scientists have plans, but also secrets and they don't trust each. It's very like, it's very straight up sci-fi stuff, um, uh, which is fine, yeah, but um, it is very, it's very like, it's really playing in like a clearly playing in a very specific space that is like pretty I well tried territory. Tropes, tropes are fine if they're surprising and the performances are good. Uh, and most of the performances on the show are pretty good aside for one or two uh, instances. But anyways, uh, she's dealing with her bullshit. And Dr. Halsey is also like, also you need to keep giving me money for Spartans. And also I want to create an AI for my own mind. That's going to fix everything. Yeah. That was a weird one. Um, and so that's what she's up to. Um, meanwhile, uh, master chief is like coming back with this metal little rock and the lone survivor girl, Quan. Uh, meanwhile, like they like have a video Skype call with Quan. They're like, Hey, sorry, your whole, everybody died. Uh, uh, would you like to like, would you like to a film a TikTok that says yeah. actually the cops are dope. It's cool that my family's dead. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, Oh, sorry. The space cops didn't get to your planet in time, but could you please make a commercial basically commemorating the troops so we can like continue to have good publicity. Cause it's going to be a real bummer when people find out how many people got slaughtered by aliens um so yeah could you do that for us and then she's like um no she's like i'm sorry uh, what and then and then they're like fucking kill her yeah <laughs> like, kill her she, she's killer she won't be in the in the commercial and i was like you know what i relate to this that's hollywood baby yeah they really fucking pulled that trigger quick which i kind of respect and that you know they're an evil army <laughs> Yeah, they're they're I guess not, and and it was another just fun moment where I was like, oh, they're not afraid to cast like the Halo army as evil, which is like almost never happened, at least in the original trilogy. It's like they were always like just a kind of a vague sense of like good against evil. Um, 
So that all goes down. Uh, she refuses to like be in the TikTok. This was a moment where I was like, oh, this is starting to feel a little amateurish where like she still has like the blood on her face. It's been like a full half day at least. And she like hasn't wiped the blood spatter off her face. I was like, wipe your face. What's going on? Yeah, here? she's got blood on there for quite a long time. For like multiple scenes after things have been exploded. Like you yeah, didn't you have could, a towel in the spaceship that got her up there. It's like it took way too long to get that blood off her face is all I'll say. Um, but you know what? When, when you're shooting a pilot, it's stressful. I understand some choices you make. You know, they're going to not make sense. Um, so basically after she refuses to cooperate, they're basically like <laughs> master chief basically gets like a DM that's like assassinate the fucking child. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, I gotta go. <laughs> um, and, uh, and he's like, I gotta go. Sorry. Uh, and then basically, he tries to do what does he try to do next? He like well he goes do they up suck there. the oxygen out of the ship. He goes up there and he starts talking to her. Right. Um and then he doesn't kill her. And yeah. they are like, why isn't he killing he her? Cuts, and yeah, they're like he doesn't kill her and he cuts the cameras. Yeah. And then they're like, What's he doing? They're like, Maybe he's having memories, which is like, ooh, who knows what his deal is? And then uh, they like poison the air and she's like, why am I getting poisoned? And he's like, I didn't do the poisoning of the air. <laughs> and then they like right. fix it together and become best friends. Great, yeah. It was a great scene where like, they're like, they're like the oxygen's getting sucked out of the spaceship. They're like, Oh shit. Both of them collapse. And they're like, yep. On, on the, on their monitors. They're like, yep. They'll, they're, they'll be dead soon. And then he'll be unconscious. And then we like come back to the ship and, he, and he's like, and he like wakes up and he's like no and he like rips the panel open and like gets the oxygen back on it was just like a fun moment it was like a really great like moment that that i was like okay cool i had really fun there um, yeah uh so and, and like from here on out i felt like things were just really good because they could keep things tight all the scenes both on the planet and in the ship like were in like tighter rooms just between performers so everything started to really get into a nice flow because basically the ship is getting like pulled in and it's this interesting set piece where master chief is trying to like save this child's life the army's like tractor beaming them in with the ai into the planet uh, like everyone around the base is like getting ready to shoot at the plane. But then Dr. Halsey's Spartan team is like secretly planning on going rogue within that. Yeah. To say fucking Master Chief. That was like that was like that line. It's a, re a really good military. That sequence, had a really good military sci fi line where she was like, you have to take care of anyone who's trying to hurt Master Chief. And then someone was like, wait, you want us to attack friendlies? And then the third guy goes, if they're attacking Chief, they ain't friendlies. And yeah. I was like, fucking yes, dude. This is like, this is, that is, that's the energy I want for my Halo TV show. Yes, 100%. It was such a great line. And it was this moment where I was like, oh, awesome. They're going to throw lots of players onto this board. Like, it is, it, like, this won't be a show where it's just like fucking thin and just with a couple characters. There's a lot of fun that could be had in this universe. And having these like rogue guys that were literally, 
probably like also super powered and could probably kill a lot of the army there, like about to also go rogue at the same time. It was this, it was this just kind of like great layering of action. Yeah, there's a real stand. There's um, like a standoff happening, but no one but the audience knew about the standoff, which is pretty fun. Yeah. And then like uh, basically Master Chief, you know, uh, is getting pulled in. He doesn't know what's going to happen. Like all the all the guns are trained on him uh, and they're like, yeah, we're going to fucking kill this guy right now. And then like the other Spartans are ready to just pop the other soldiers they're standing behind, which was super crazy. Yep. Um, and then basically hey, Master Chief, he touches that sweet, sweet rock. He touches that sweet, sweet rock. And all the electricity turns off for a second. Yeah. And uh, the power of dreams turns his spaceship back on. And he's he's able to take off. It's like a power surge that turns everything off and turns everything back on. And he gets some memories, some vague memories of like humanity. And then he takes off in his spaceship with the survivor, Quan. Yeah. Uh, And and I guess the big moment that we, we did, we kind of didn't uh forget to mention is that uh before the set piece as sort of a final resolve moment he takes his helmet off uh so we're already we're already skipping to the end Paolo of the Shriver, baby. yeah and it's yeah and it's it's the viper again um uh, you know i thought this moment was good and probably necessary for this show to keep going. Yeah. Well, it's like I said to you in our text that like basically for the first half of the show, he's just doing the Mandalorian. Like exactly. Like he's just being like, I don't have time for this. I have to do my job. But it's helmet. It's like, yeah, it's like helmet acting. That's like the only thing you really can do without it being like insane. Yeah. And well, and specifically it's like this dynamic of, powerful soldier in a mask rescuing someone who's kind of like this expressive like weaker position character and so like that dynamic is the same she used to play it very similarly and so it was if they didn't have him take off the mask he would just be doing the same shit the whole time so having him take off the mask immediately like breaks it away from that and gives it its own kind of thing going on which is nice and I think a smart choice and a necessary one yeah it basically is like if the Mandalorian if you like accidentally started on episode 10 because someone else was using your Netflix account um so like i don't know all all in all i thought that like they tried to do too much in this episode and i think that if they have the budget that they do they need to like use it sparingly and use it in the right moments because like there was another moment where i saw the spartan guys all three of them like walk across a big bridge and like it looked like shit and it just yeah, wasn't necessary. It just wasn't necessary. It like those guys look badass enough on their own. It would have been way cooler to shoot in a real room and have like the real life soldiers standing there and then just have these fucking huge guys walk in and like to feel like the weight of that just in like the cinematography and stuff. Yeah. Like that would have been way more effective uh, than like the fucking like PS2 cutscene they were walking through yeah i think that is correct um i gotta run so let's wrap this up real quick um what do you think overall thoughts are you excited about halo do you feel good about halo i had fun and i'm gonna watch the second episode and see if if it takes a huge dump yeah i'm definitely i think i'm down i think i'm probably watching until it takes a big old dump and we'll see if it does enough to earn me patience like earn my patience through its first dump because there's gonna be one there always is with every show 
Yeah, um, I mean the the one thing I'll th- say is like it's just it's it's inspiring in the sense that oh yeah there's possible there's all sorts of ways to make games into into movies into TV and you don't have to be forced into like actually doing the story the game guys wrote. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that sounds about okay. right. It's that was a fucking bye, bye. good show. Uh, I'm excited to watch more it wasn't. of it. I was talking about Halo. Oh, I was talking about our show. I know you were. I was talking okay. about Halo. Um, but yeah, just, it was a good show, fun show. Yep. <laughs> we love to hear it. Halo was good and fun. Thank you all for listening. We will be back next week. Uh, and plugs will be in the episode description because we're not doing the end of the show anymore. Just a reminder. You're plugging the description. Let's go. Well, I'm, I'm not just going to put everything nowhere. Like people have, like, you know, people got to look for it to get it, you know? Yeah, they have to want it. Yeah. Well, you want you want to be Ellen Ring where they show up and they listen to the episode and it's like and it's like buried in your the mists of blood might hold the secret you desire. No, I want them to go on a YouTube and have some fucking guy from the UK be like, hello, so right here we're doing it right here. What you gonna do? <laughs> oh no, governor, you, you get- scroll down into the episode <laughs> description and down there you'll find the links to their various Twitters and whatnot. Why is every YouTuber from the UK? Because it's colonialist. Thank you. Good night. Great work.